Welcome to the August 2nd, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly. I'll be your host today, and we will be reading Proverb 2. But before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would give them ears to hear and a heart to receive what you have in store for them today. Lord, I pray that you would give them the revelation of how much Jesus loves each one listening to this podcast. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Proverb 2, verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the dead. None who go to her return, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you may walk in the way of goodness and keep to the paths of righteousness. For the upright will dwell in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the earth, and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. I have a special treat for you today. I have a fellow first-year student, and uh, her name is Betty. You guys all know her. And she's wonderful, and I'm glad she's taken the time to come on today. And Betty, I would like to ask you, you mentioned verse 21. Could you please go over verse 21 and say why that is important to you? For the upright will dwell in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. When we see our culture, when we see our culture, changing around us, it's comforting to know that the Lord is taking care of those who trust in him and believe in him, and we will remain here, and the um, blameless will remain, 
and this will once again be his land, our nation under God. And that's, I believe, what it speaks to me, is that we still have hope and a future ahead of us. Thank you, Betty. Um, you talked about coming from a small town, and I'd like, if you would, just go ahead and share your fondest memories of your childhood. My fondest memories of my childhood are remembered growing up in a town where I had aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents on both sides, and uh, feeling very safe and secure and loved. And uh, we lived next to a little community church, which was in the town. I grew up knowing then uh, a little bit about the Lord, not as much as I know of today, um, but it was a beginning, and I believe that my fourth grade teacher, and she was also my first grade teacher, was a great believer in the Lord, and I have no doubt that she prayed for each of us students, and I am certain that those prayers were heard by the Lord and had an impact upon my life even up to today. The other person who was important in my life there in my growing up years was my uh, grandmother on the uh, my father's side. Um, she was, she and her husband were in the church every Sunday, very active, and she was the pianist, and when her eyesight became uh, not as good as she wanted, she said I would be the next pianist, and she had me at that piano when I was in the seventh grade playing the hymns for the church. So I'm awfully thankful how the Lord put people in my life long time ago <laughs> to help me to where I am today. And as I said, my childhood was um, very loving and very secure, and I certainly liked the small town. Thank you, Betty. That's absolutely wonderful. And, you know, many people go to church their entire lives, and yet they never receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So I know at one point that that happened to you. If you remember, please try to be as clear as you can. When did you receive Jesus and make that decision? I didn't receive uh, Jesus until I was about 31 years old. I kept seeking him and thinking there must be more to life than just uh, getting married, having children, settling down in the suburbs. And thankfully, the Lord sent a person into my life, a, a young lady, who was a um, charismatic Lutheran. And um, uh, she told me about being born again and explained the gospel to me and asked me if I would like to ask the Lord into my life, and I did, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the same time. Unfortunately, I had to remain in churches that were not spirit-filled, so it's been a long journey getting to where I am today to know about a personal relationship with our Father and um, how he's been in our lives, even though we weren't aware of it. Okay, thank you. Now, when I'm doing the math, you had just told me that you were married for 62 years, 
So that means when this happened, you had already gotten married. So my question to you is talk to me about your former husband, and I know he was the love of your life, and please, if you would, share with me how you guys met, and uh, just tell me your story. Well, my husband's name is Steve, and we met in college after I had graduated from high school. I went to Colorado State University. I met Steve there. He was a senior, and I was a freshman. But we hit it off. We got acquainted. And by the end of the year, we decided that we wanted to be married. And he had graduated from college with um, a degree from the ROTC as a second lieutenant in the Army. So he had to go to um, Virginia for four months of training for officer. So in April, when he returned, we were married, and he was stationed at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, which made it so that I could be with him. So we go to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, where these two kids, he was 23 and I was 19, going on 20, and here we are, people who were in the upper echelon over sergeants and their families who had been in the service for 25, 30, 40 years, and here we are just out of college, and we're the ones that they have to salute. But it was a great experience. We loved it. And I have to say, um, one of the reasons we were attracted to each other, we both wanted to be in church. That was always a part of our life and wanting to know more about law, uh, the Lord. And I've often been, been grateful for that, that we were of one mind and continued to learn of the Lord and, and uh, include him in our life. Okay, thank you. Well, it's always neat hearing testimonies, and, and you know, I'm thank you for his service, and I'm, gl I'm just curious, how long did he stay in? Did he re-enlist, or did he just do one, one term? He did one term of two years, and uh, after we left the service, we were in partnership with his dad in farming, and he always thought he wanted to be a farmer, um, but that was not lucrative for us, and he became a life insurance salesman uh, out of Northwestern Mutual Life of uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He was with them for 45 years. Wow. Okay. Well, Wisconsin's a beautiful country. I mean, beautiful state. Sorry. You know, I, um, for a while, I drove a semi for 16 months, and I remember going up in Wisconsin a number of times, and it always surprised me that one winter that I did, and it just amazed me that the Mississippi River will freeze solid. But I saw that in Wisconsin, so it must have been pretty cold where you were. Now, you guys spent 62 years together, and if you would, just share with me the most precious moments that you remember. We were very blessed to have children. We, we uh, wanted that, of course, in our family, and uh, it took us a few years. It wasn't until I was 27, um, and we had our first son. Uh, we named him Denver. He, he even had mentioned that before we were married, if we ever had a child, and it was a boy, could we name him Denver? So that was our first child. Our second one, 
was Chris, another little boy, and uh, he was taken home to the Lord when he was two years old. So um, pneumonia set in, and we did not know at that time that one could pray for healing. So we turned him over to the Lord, and, and uh, thankfully my husband said, we will not give up the faith. We're going on. So we were able to comfort each other and go on. And then we had one more child, a daughter, Kelly, who was born another two years later. So we were blessed with children, and we thank the Lord for that. And um, they were always a highlight in our life. We enjoyed uh, seeing their ambitions. And, and now um, they are grown, 50 and 54 so. Um, I suppose the highlight of our life was starting out being independent in the Army. Then when we were married 25 years, we had moved to Glenwood Springs, Colorado, and I said to him, do you know what's for sale? And he said, no. And I said, the Sunlight Christian Bookstore. And he says, oh, I know that's something you would enjoy. So we looked into it, and he bought me the Sunlight Christian Bookstore and said, happy anniversary, <laughs> number 25. So that was a highlight in my life. I had the store for 11 years, and it was a blessing of the Lord. And I really was grateful for it. I loved it every day. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Golly, I always enjoy testimonies. They're just so neat. And um, I, I know this is going to be hard for you, but uh, he went to be with the Lord uh, earlier, uh, just a few months ago in August. So if you would just kind of just briefly go over that and what brought you to Karis. Okay. Um, when Steve entered his 80th year, his health started failing him. And um, I took care of him. He wasn't immobile for very long, but towards the end, like last August at age 86 is when he passed on to be with the Lord. I took care of him for three years, and as I say, he was still mobile, but not in good health. And he ended up in a rest home where I went to live with him. I didn't want us to be separated. Um, so that was a different time in our life, but at least we were able to be together until the end. After he passed on, I, had, I did not know what to do. I had some friends ask me, is there anything you would like to have done that you did not get to do? And I said, I've always wanted to go to Karis Bible College in Woodland Park. I had taken correspondence courses through Andrew Womack Ministries. After being introduced to him by a friend, she gave me a stack of his books, DVDs, tapes. I uh, bathed myself in his information for about six years. And I always thought it would be great to come to Karis, but never had the opportunity. So the friends said, let us help you get there. They came into my house, boxed up everything, put stuff away and sent me off to Karis, and it's been the greatest experience. I've had so much fun. I've had um, 
over the, well, the most fun I've had in many, many years, that's how I want to say it. Uh, the atmosphere at Karis is wonderful. People are wanting to know the Lord closer, deeper. They're all kind of on the same level. They're friendly. They want to be one big family, which is helpful to those of us who uh, don't have our partner anymore. It's uh, an experience that's beyond words. I have never known the Lord in a deeper way, a more personal way. His greatness is being brought out to me more and more, and I've never been so close to the Lord as I have now, and it's been awesome. Wow, thank you. You know, I kind of took a liking to you from the first moment um, they, that Delron Shirley had you come up on stage in Finally My Brethren class. And, uh, you know, I had a nursing home ministry when, when we, I was first saved in 95. And, you know, we would go every other week for six years. And, you know, I know you're young compared to, I had a 102-year-old woman um, in that nursing home. And so you're like uh, a, young, a young girl to compared to some of the people in the nursing home. But, you know, if you would, um, tell me about what you're looking forward to in second year. Second year, I trust, will help me decide in what direction that I will go for the remainder of my life. I did not know what I should do when my husband passed, and I felt that if I came to Karis, I would receive some direction from the Lord. In my second year, I trust that that is what will happen. I will get more clarity on where I can serve the Lord, what he would have me do. I'm looking forward to a mission trip, which I understand is great for us to learn uh, more of how to share the Lord with people. So in my second year, I'm believing that I will receive the direction that I'm searching for as to what I can do to serve the Lord with the rest of my life. Thank you so much. It's, wow, that, that is just, you know, phenomenal. I mean, those are great answers. And, you know, one thing I always got across to when I was in the nursing home is I'd always say, as long as you're here, God has work for you to do. God has an assignment for each one of us. And, you know, I know he will direct your steps. And one thing I'm aware of is I've always come to the conclusion, I know now that I'm at Karis, is every time you step out that door every day, that is your mission field. And every place you go, whether it's a gas station or grocery store, you have an opportunity to be Jesus in the flesh for some of these people. Is there anything further that you'd like to add in our short time together? Well, I'm amazed at the number of gray-haired people that have come to Karis, and we feel very welcome. We're very grateful that uh, the ministry allows the older person to come, and all of us, I believe, are sensing our life has just taken on a new um, dimension, and I believe the best is still yet to come, as they say around Karis, and for myself and for others who I've met, uh, it's just a, a wonderful blessing of how the Lord is leading everyone young, 
middle-aged and older, and this is really a blessing from the Lord to be here. Betty, well, thank you so much, and our time has run out, but I'd just like to thank you for coming on. I know this will bless many, many people, and I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there is anyone listening to this podcast today and you have never taken that step, or if you would like to just draw closer to God, I invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to earth. Jesus, thank you that you came to earth and set an example how each of us are to live our lives. Thank you that even though you were sinless your entire life, you were willing to die on a cross for anyone listening to this broadcast today. Because you did that, we have now been forgiven of all of our sins. Thank you for saving me. I invite you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you said that prayer today, please send me a quick email, Bill Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y 0807 at protonmail.com. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.